What's good? It's Swazi from Kiss Life and the latest episode is packed with top tips for our mental well-being just in time for the start of Mental Health Awareness Week. Coming up, we'll hear from one of our very own Kiss presenters about his own struggle around mental well-being. A well-known TV presenter shares with us how social media has had a negative impact on her mindset and a record-breaking Olympian shows why this subject can impact anyone, even those at the top of their game. Interested? Lock in and enjoy. Speaking to you, speaking to you. Your stories. Your voice. Kiss Life. What's good? You're locked into Kiss Life with me, Swazi. This is the brand new show on Sunday evenings right here on Kiss from 9pm. And we're just trying something new. We've got a new space. We're six episodes deep. And if you're joining us for the first time, this is a huge welcome. I'm so happy that you're riding with us this evening. Um, And I'm glad to be slowing things down, especially given how much has happened in the last year. And tonight's episode is all about mental well-being. It's all about the things we're already talking about with family and friends. So I thought, why not bring the conversation to Kiss on Sunday nights from 9pm? Let's go. We're just warming you really for the week ahead. Tomorrow is the start of Mental Health Awareness Week. And so tonight we're chopping it up. We're talking all things mental well-being, black masculinity, plus we'll be having a roundtable conversation and hearing from some celebs. Hear from me, Scarlett Moffat, on how I dealt with my issues with my own mental health. And find out what made me react like this. Stop it. A whole avocado plant. Wow. Wow. All of that is coming your way in the next hour. But first, let's take a look back at last week. Last Sunday's episode of Kiss Life had a mayoral spin to it as I sat down with two of the main candidates who were battling it out to become Mayor of London. The election itself took place on Thursday just gone and Labour Sadiq Khan secured the win and is now into his second term as Mayor of London, beating nearest rival Sean Bailey from the Conservative Party by leading with 55% of the vote. Joining us now is Bowers Westminster correspondent Georgie, who was with us last week and has been on the election trail with the candidates. Hello. Hey, sis, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good. So it was a positive result for Sadiq in the end. Yes, absolutely. So it was much tighter than we originally thought. At the start of the campaigning, he was way ahead of all the other candidates. Huge number of candidates, 20 of them there last night at City Hall this time around. And that included the Tory candidate, Sean Bailey, who we spoke to last week, of course, in our debate. But last night proved that he he ran a solid campaign. It was neck and neck for a while there. Uh, But Sadiq will now run London until 2024, a shorter term because the voting this week was a year late because of the pandemic. Turnout, however, was quite low. It was only 42%, which isn't great really, is it? And that was down from 46% last time around. So really not the numbers that people were hoping for. Yeah, totally. Sean Bailey seemed to run him closer than expected. Yes, so Sadiq Khan won 1.2 million first and second preference votes. And Sean Bailey got 977,000. Wow. So what will be the most pressing issue for Sadiq at the start of the term two? But in his speech last night, Sadiq Khan, he's now the re-elected mayor, promised to unite London, to be a mayor for all Londoners, and to work together more with the government, which has been an issue throughout um, his tenure, really, because he is a Labour mayor of London. 
and the government centrally are conservative. There's always been that pressure there to deliver. Uh, so he's hoping to work with them a little bit better. But overall, I think the most pressing issue is definitely going to be crime with the amount of teenage stabbing so far this year not only across the UK, but especially in the capital, already nearly overtaking them, the number for the whole of 2020. It's a major problem and needs further work. But his other policies, like expanding the ultra-low emission zone, I reckon he's got a clear mandate for those now, and they'll definitely be going ahead. Sadiq Khan will be officially sworn in this week, though, and that's when we're expecting to properly hear from him mm. about what his plans are going to be for the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Big, big stuff ahead. Thank you so much, Georgie. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was Westminster correspondent Georgie for the update on the London mayoral election. Kiss Life. Supported by the Audio Content Fund. Still got big things coming in this show. What's good though? You're locked in with me, Swazi. Just gone nine o'clock on your Sunday evening. And if you're thinking, I can't hear any music and, you know, Swazi's just talking away. Well, welcome. This is a brand new show. We're changing gears a little bit, doing something brand new. And tonight it's all about mental well-being. So wherever you land, I'm glad you're here with us tonight. Tomorrow marks day one of Mental Health Awareness Week. So tonight's show, I'm asking you, how are you? How are you doing? It's been a whole year, hasn't it, since the pandemic, since back-to-back lockdowns. We've had a social awakening with the BLM movement. So much has happened, whether that's work and furlough. Maybe you've had loved ones down with COVID. I mean, it's been a big, big year. Um, so really, I am asking you, how are you doing? Let me know on the socials, at KissFMUK tonight. Get your stories in across Twitter, across Instagram, um, because I cannot stress enough how important it is and how good it is to talk. And this subject is important wherever you land. So whether you're in a good place tonight, mentally, physically, whether you're good, or maybe it's a tough season, maybe you're struggling. To be honest, I'm struggling a bit, you know, I feel tired. I feel tired, I feel like things are piling up, but I'm grateful for friends and good people around. And I'm grateful to be able to talk to you tonight. So this year, it has been a mad one. And I'm really glad that lots of people, especially celebs, are jumping on the wave of making it easier than ever to open up about good mental wellbeing practices. And one of the most vocal is someone who has suffered at the hands of online bullying, which led to a range of negative emotions in her life, from from being a TV star to doubting her very existence. This is Scarlett Moffat's story. Hey, this is Scarlett Moffat on Kiss Life. I've been vocal about my mental health issues due to pollen and how it started was when I was on Gogglebox, you know, I wasn't used to attention. I was, I was always quite a quiet one and all of a sudden I started, you know, getting more followers and with that came positivity but also negativity and I started thinking that I had things wrong with me that I didn't even realise before. One massive thing was I always loved my nose because my family always used to tell me I had a Disney princess nose. But then people started trolling me really bad saying I'd gone too far with surgery and that it didn't suit my face. And I remember thinking, this is my actual nose that I was born with. And I actually went online one night and tried to find a surgeon that could make my nose bigger. And I just remember thinking, Scarlett, stop. Stop letting this affect you. My support system for dealing with that was calling Samaritans. I didn't want to burden my friends and family. I didn't want them thinking that I felt sad because I knew that that would make them feel sad. It really helped because it made me realise that I wasn't the only person feeling these things and that 
I could speak to my family and friends and not be judged and get help from my GP and I keep it in check by openly saying when I feel sad or as soon as I start feeling a little bit of a worry, you know, my friends and family are there or yeah, just call the Samaritans. I can't stress enough how much it helps, even if even if talking is to a stranger, just letting it off your chest is so helpful. A piece of advice I would give anyone who feels they're going through stress and pressure of a similar nature is to remember that these people who are trolling, they're not in a good place themselves and as long as you're a kind person, you shouldn't have to worry and remember that the hatefulness that they're projecting isn't a reflection on you, it's a reflection of them and just surround yourself with loved ones. Such good advice. I told you, surround yourself with loved ones. TV presenter Scarlett Moffat sharing her experiences there and we'll be hearing from a record-breaking Olympian later on in the show as well. This is KISS Life, you're locked in with me Swazi. Sunday night is happening from here, 9pm on KISS and throughout the show today I wanted to bring in some of the family from KISS, some of the voices that you're familiar with to share some tips on how to maintain good mental well-being. So let's kick it off with my girl who presented the show just before us, right here. Kiss, Kiss Life. Hi, it's Tania Taylor here from the Kiss Hype Chart and Kiss 3, and I've got five tips from Shout. One, stay connected. Spending time with friends or family can help reduce feelings of stress and low mood. If you're not able to meet in person, consider scheduling in times for video or phone calls. Two, move your body. Exercise is great for the mind as well as the body. Whether it's an online workout, a run, walk, a stretch, or a dance around the room, movement, however big or small, can positively impact your mental well-being. One of my personal favorites. Three, remember your emotions are valid. You might feel like your problem isn't big enough, but whatever you are feeling, if it's troubling you, then you deserve to be listened to and supported. Four, write it down. If you've never spoken to someone before, try writing down how you feel first. It can help you practice what you want to say and find the words to express your feelings. Five, text shout. You can text shout to 85258 for free, confidential, anonymous support any time of day or night. You'll be put in touch with someone who will listen to you and guide you to a calm and safe place. Take care. Kiss life. Our girl Tania dropping gems when it comes to top tips on keeping your mind in check. Listen out for more special guest appearances from the Kiss family tonight. And I'm going to be speaking to someone who only drops bangers. You'll know him for his music on Kiss, but do you know about his mental health journey? That combo is on the way very soon. But first, I wanted to make room tonight for a really important conversation all about black masculinity and mental well-being. I looked up some stats and some facts and given that one in four people, that's mad, you know, one in four people will experience a mental health problem of some kind each year in England and that 23% of black or black British people will experience a common mental health problem 
in any given week, this is of course huge. This is a big conversation and a really important aspect of tonight's topic. And so to help me unpack all of it, I'm joined by four very special guests. On the panel tonight, I've got Congolese British author, man like JJ Bollers in the building. I've got deputy CEO of non-profit organisation, the Diana Award and founder of the Anti-Bullying Ambassador Programme, Alex Holmes. You've got Javan, economics and math student from London. And last but certainly not least, DJ, producer and mental health campaigner, Funk Butcher. You guys are amazing. I'm so glad to have you on the show tonight. Tonight's episode is about mental well-being and this bit of the topic is all about black masculinity. So my first question, Funk Butcher, I'm coming over to you. I'm asking you first, what's your first response when someone asks you about your mental health? It's a, it's a tough uh, question because when somebody asks me that, I'm always curious as to whether they understand the depth of that question, um, especially what's currently what's going on at the moment. Um, so I'm cautious about offloading onto an individual who um, may or may not understand that they, they might be standing there in the street or on the phone for a good couple of hours before me explaining myself. So mm. I think I'm still in that space, but I do recognize that even the fact that it's framed like that in, in this modern time, there's, that's, a, that's a lot of progress because ordinarily you would never kind of uh, have that question asked of you. It's just, I guess it's just a general, how are you doing? Mm, yeah, that's like, let's jump off, man. Let's go. That's such a good a good answer in the sense that there's layers to this. Do you know what I mean? There are so many layers to unpack. And yeah, it's not a quick fire round question with answers sometimes. Um, let me bring JJ into the conversation as well. What would you say, given that you've got your book, Congratulations, Mask Off Masculinity Redefined? So what's your first response when someone asks you about your mental health? And what are these masks that men may, may be wearing? Yeah, no, this, um, these masks that we wear, that especially as men, that we're supposed to be stoic, strong all the time, and logical. And in reality, we're not that. We're not just that. We're always more than that, especially in touch with emotional feminine sides. And I think that for me, when someone asks me that, it usually takes like one or two more asks before I feel comfortable to delve into that um, conversation. But it's something that as much as I encourage people to speak about their mental health and speak about their emotions, it's something that I find myself still opening up. One of the things I'm very lucky for is to have like a group of friends and people who like speak openly about that conversation with. Yeah. And Giovanni, are you finding that studying as well? Because I guess studying this year has looked so different given the pandemic and the lockdown and the way everything has changed. So are you having conversations with peers and yeah, people you may be working with about mental health given it just may have arise given that, yeah, the situation we're in? Honestly, the pandemic has done such a, it's flipped everyone on their heads to the point where I know me personally, when people ask about mental health, I just tend to give a very box standard basic reply because it's just not something that is worth getting into because it seems like everyone's in the same scenario right now. Mm, yeah. And Alex, jumping over to you as well, there is there a stigma still within the black community that black men feel a, a typical type of pressure when opening up about feelings or emotions or talking about what is going on? Or is this something unique to the black community or is this just something in general that that is a, is a pressure among men? Yeah, I, th I think it can be more complex in, in the black community. I'm thinking my sort of my black uh, Jamaican dad and his dad. And when when I was growing up, we didn't have really conversations about how how are you feeling today. You know what 
what's been the best part of your day, the worst part of your day. As a child, I didn't really have that conversation. And it's something that through the work that we do in the charity, we really encourage parents to to kind of go there. Um, but I think when you asked that question to me, it kind of made me think about, well, how has my day been so far? Did I wake up in a good mood? Have I just been scrolling endlessly on, on social media? And has it made me kind of in, a, in an even badder mood? Um, but I'd also want to throw that question back to whoever asked me it. Like, mm. how are you feeling? Because I think that's one of the things to, to everyone's point so far is that we're, we're still not kind of um, listening as much as we should or, 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 or repeating that question back to to our mates so um i definitely want to try and find out the person who asked me that like do, do they don't do they want to talk about their their mental health as well and how they're doing i want to know from you guys because i'm just eavesdropping on your conversations right now i want to know as a sister as a girlfriend as a niece um as a colleague do you know what i mean how can i not just facilitate but make it an easier way to have that conversation or how can i listen better that's that's where i want to start with funk let me come to you first um given all the work that you do around mental health campaigning so how can i listen better um i think it's uh a difficult space to be in and i think it starts from understanding the different stages that um that black man may be at in expressing himself i i see it as a language and some people are more fluent within that language of expressing themselves and identifying what those triggers are within their own mental health. And then they can articulate themselves and others, they struggle to do that. And they're still kind of stuck in that place of trying to break down the, 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 the kind of the, the stigma and the stereotype of, of what it is to be uh, masculine and like, like JJ said. So I think there needs to be a lot of empathy, a lot of room, a lot of space from whoever is listening, whether it's a, a woman or a man, to try and identify where that person is and what trying to, what message they're trying to get across. Mm, yeah, and, and just saying to JJ as well, I was just doing a bit of research, a bit of reading, and just given, yeah, your background, of course, family-wise, being Congolese and the, and the idea that being in the West, it may have a different um, a different view of what masculinity, masculinity looks like. But what were your... Um, yeah, when you were growing up and you saw the men around you, did you have a different take on masculinity young when you were younger to, to the way you have it now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, growing up in a part of the, like, quite a large Congolese community, certain things that were normal for us, um, which kind of gets joked about now where you see, you know, um, kind of videos about the way that Congolese men dress or Congolese men dance with their hips and all of that. Like, that was very normal in our community. It was very normal to be or to have groups of men come around to my dad's house and, you know, they'll be talking, they'll be seeking advice, having these really kind of in-depth conversations and so forth and these kind of like support groups. And so it was like in the house we were Congolese and we had these kind of networks and the support and these safe spaces, but outside it was different kind of stereotypes that, that we had to live up to. And so it oftentimes came with a conflict of like the ways in which we had to perform. And so that's why I often say masculinity is a poor performance because we're shifting often to the way that we expect people um, to perceive us. And so it's just about really being comfortable in who you are and how you are, no matter what that is, really. Javon, let me jump over to you before coming to Alex. I just want to know, when was the first time that you opened up about your mental health and who was that to? Um, and how far along um, in this language do you think you are? Um, I feel like the first time I opened that, I must have been no older than 12 or 13. But even then, I didn't even understand what I was talking about. I was just, I was just speaking my mind on matters that personally affected me. And it's not until later down the line, I realised I was speaking about my mental health and how I'm affected by the world around me. And 
and how much it it really does affect me and how much it means. And Alex, I just wanted to jump to you because Charles goes out to Ben, man. We have these conversations all the time. And he was just explaining to me um, a while back about anger and how... Um, different emotions can be confused with anger but if you don't have ways to express or like Funk said have the language or to articulate that um, it builds up it builds up it builds up and then before you know it boom it it all comes out in one go Um, so for anyone listening that may be feeling like that what advice would you give to them? Yeah absolutely and I mean it's one of the reasons why we focus so much on education because you spend 11,000 hours of your life at school and if you aren't taught about social and emotional intelligence and and how to talk about how you're feeling then then that literally can bottle up into your adulthood so I think this very basic idea that we teach children that nothing is too small or too serious to speak out about is a really important message that we can all try and make sure our, our mates mates know about and I think if something is playing on your mind even if you're only thinking about it like every 10 minutes every hour it's probably worth speaking to someone about it and we often say like you could do that in, in in a text message you could find an anonymous service online you could write a letter but the most important thing is probably getting it out there and trying to help sort of verbalize what you're feeling the moment you do that someone can understand a little bit more and you can start to attack it together and we also say this to to like uh, children and teenagers like when someone tells you about something that's going on it's taken obviously a lot of confidence don't take over that problem like instead ask them like what can we do to solve this together like what do you want to do do about it because I think the worst thing is when you tell someone something and you feel like someone's going to go off with that information or that it's going to make it worse so I think be there for the person listen and and try and solve it together because it's often just that kind of joint reflection that you need to help look at the thing that's happening to you slightly differently than what's going on in your head yeah yeah absolutely and we're going to have a line at the end of the show um and some outlets for people to call up and and to reach out to um so yeah stay locked for that that's coming your way at the end of this episode um and yeah just just on the point of language i really love this because i saw a i don't know if you guys have seen you know there's like a language wheel so when someone says to you how are you feeling and you say okay it's often not the best use of your language it's very minimal do you know what i mean and so my way of like now express i need to broaden what i mean am i hopeful am i excited am I you know what I mean am I stressed what what other words do I have in my tank um so I just want to go round real quick and get your thoughts so um Funk let me start with you in terms of normalizing good behavior for good mental well-being what is something that you want to see normalized um I think I want to see normalize the um <clears throat> the room in in regards to the conversations about expressing masculinity and the, the how how broad the spectrum really is it's, yeah. it's it's taken a space over x amount of years and it's had a very very narrow perception of the things we're supposed to do the things we're supposed to wear the things that we're supposed to say and so on and so forth and now just with the kind of the the advent of social media and certain platforms we can now see the range of masculinity and 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 all those kind of beautiful nuances Mm -hmm. and allowing things to develop in that space and not get shut down i think where we're at now just needs to kind of get pushed a bit further and brought into more spaces rather than just the social media platform in the workplace at home and have those conversations so that your comfortability isn't just online you're comfortable in all the other real world spaces 
If there was a retweet button on this clean feed link, I'd be pressing it <laughs> million times. Yes to that. And not just being, otherwise it feels a bit like a trend. You know what I mean? It feels like everyone just opens up online. But when you're in person, you're not trying to chat to me. So where's the energy? Mm. Um, JJ, let me jump over to you and just, yeah, loving the fact that having having a different community or a different outlook has, has broadened your understanding of masculinity. And I'd say the same about my dad. My dad's quite emotional. Like I've seen him cry loads and that's been really helpful. Um, so when it comes to normalizing things, what would you like to see normalized? Um, I would say normalizing vulnerability. Mm. Like I think, you know, we all have to really understand the depth of our like humanity and our humanness in all our experiences. And I think now, probably more than ever, we, we're living through like these social media platforms where a lot of it, a lot of the music, a lot of the videos, a lot of the films, etc., that we watch kind of present these toxic ideals and materialistic ideals of like how we should be and how we should dress and what we should look like. But actually, like we all know that we're vulnerable people, especially the pandemic has shown us that. So if we can just open up a bit and express ourselves, no matter what the platform is, like being vulnerable, actually, I think it's a superpower and connects us deeper than we can imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Javan, coming coming to you in terms of, yeah, you're young, man. You're studying. Do you know what I mean? You're surrounded by people who will feel stress from just revision and exams and and everything, um, and and being online as well. So, do you find that being online and being in person, just kind of jumping off what Funk was saying, it, the vulnerability is is transcending both platforms, or do you feel like there's a bit of work to go as well? I feel like it can really be seen from both sides, depending on what parts of social media you engage in. Mm. But definitely piggyback off of Jada's point, I feel like a lot of black men definitely in my social circle and others have seen that. I feel like a lot of them are scared to be vulnerable just because they know that their vulnerability can easily be abused or manipulated or it can be it can be swayed. So I feel like a lot of them are definitely scared, but they would definitely want to admit to being scared. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And Alex, is is there are there spaces where it not dangerous, dangerous might not be the right word, but it would be not so wise to be vulnerable in a certain space as opposed to others? And if so, how could we normalize some of those things that we've said about being vulnerable? Yeah, I, I think I think definitely you've got to kind of be in tune with how comfortable you're feeling with certain situations and, and you and you want to be speaking to people about your, your mental health that that, that you trust and you have a good relationship with um, ideally um, but I think there is that danger that, that one of the problems is, is silence like you know mm-hmm. we don't speak enough about it so probably it's better to to try and, and talk to talk to your, your mates about this issue than, than not address it and, mm-hmm. and I'm quite a big fan of, of like memes and real life examples you know e- even if you share something in a group uh, that there is a little bit um you know, of a, of a scenario then, and, and say, you know, that, that, what did you think of this? And, and you kind of prompt that conversation because to your point, like when we do get asked, how are you feeling today? It's so easy to say, okay. So that mm-hmm. idea of maybe of also asking twice and, and saying, you know, so you're, so you're good yet. You know, just, just allowing that person to, to sort of be prompted to, to kind of really o- open up if they want to. Um, but probably that whole thing about silence is more damaging than pro perhaps being vulnerable because for too for too many young men and, and, and black young men we know that a, a lot of the time it just goes unnoticed and, and and that big silence and suffering silence is probably one of the most uh, damaging things about about mental health and one of the things we need, we need to try and combat 
Mm. I need to add you to bear of my WhatsApp groups, ma'am. <laughs> like, there's too many Homer Simpsons in my group that just back away into the bushes. I'm like, no, I'm asking this question to draw you guys. I want you to talk. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for your time tonight. This is exactly what I wanted to get from you guys. So, yeah, just thank you so much for your time. Funk Butcher, Javon, Alex Holmes in the building, JJ Boller as well. Guys, we cannot thank you enough and we cannot wait to get you in the studio very, very soon. How good is that? How good is that? Such a good conversation. You locked into Kiss Life. We're not even hitting 9.30. It's nice. It's nice tonight. If you've got stories, get involved on the socials at KissFMUK. Tonight's episode is all about mental well-being. And what I love about this convo is that there are so many tips for everyone because we all need to take care of our mental well-being. And best believe we've still got some more from the Kiss family coming your way tonight because how tempting is it to look around on socials, on IG and think everyone's got it together? That is a myth. We all have them days where it feels stressy and overwhelming. So be encouraged that a positive mindset is important to everyone, even those who are killing it in their chosen field. Record Olympic medalist and legendary swimmer Michael Phillips has battled with his mental health even when the 28-time Olympic medalist was sitting on the top of the world. I think looking back on my career, I, I think I was probably hiding a bunch or compartmentalizing a bunch uh, of the stuff that I was going through just because I, I think I was always taught that we weren't allowed or weren't supposed to show a weakness because of being an athlete. You're supposed to be strong and be able to push through anything. So, you know, my struggles carried on through my career and I hit them really well. But I think really going to the last Olympics, I was just ready to kind of open up and let everything come out. And, and for me, you know, this is something that, that is very important. And, and there are so many people that struggle from very similar things that, that I go through and still go through. For me, like, I, I was so down on myself. Uh, I didn't have any self-love, and, and quite honestly, I just didn't want to be alive. It was a really, really, really crazy time for me, and, and I didn't want to see anybody because, you know, for me, like, I, I saw myself as letting so many people down, and me, myself in particular, and that's hard to carry. And, and you know, I think over those three or four days where I didn't want to leave my room, I didn't want to talk to anybody, I finally realized that, I can ask for help and it's okay to not be okay. And, and for me, that's what changed my life. I never asked for help really ever in my career. And that was the first time that I really did that. And, and I was basically on my knees just crying for help. And you know, I'm lucky to, to be able to sit down with a therapist and chat. And it's challenging for people to do. And I think traveling as much as I do, to have the access on my phone where I can pop on whenever I want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and get the help that I need. It's something that, that continues to, to teach me more and more about myself. And I think that's something that's, that's kind of fun for me moving forward, especially with two kids. It's wild to think about, but it, it is true. You can push through anything. And, and you know, for me, it, at times, it, it probably was a little scary and challenging to go through, but I found a way to get through it and I'm now addressing these issues that I have and, and I'm openly talking about them. I mean, I'm still struggling weekly or from time to time I'll have bad days where I do go into a, de a depression state. Life. You locked into Kiss Life and we can't be on Kiss and not talk about music. 
another feel-good vibe, another major key when it comes to talking about good mental well-being. So I'm excited to be joined by app developer behind Happy Highlights. Welcome, Sanya. Thank you so much, Swazi. It's so good to be here. Really excited to be on Kiss Live with you. No, it's good to have you. So you are an app developer. That is no small job. <laughs> tell us, tell us, well, tell us. What's Happy Highlights? So Happy Highlights is basically a mental well-being app where we use music and then other sort of tools that are quite well known in the, in the mental wellness space at the minute. So whether it's about noting emotions or reflecting on your day, um, a sense of gratitude, those sorts of things. So we kind of bring it all together and music is our our carrot, I guess, to bring people in and to get them using it and to start then benefiting from these other uh, practices that we know work. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit like, it's a bit obvious in the sense that music makes us feel good or it picks up our mood and so how does happy highlights detect emotions and music how do you get that balance right yes it's a really good point um so i actually the other side of what i do is in research and i've kind of i've always used music myself for like all of those things you know you know if you're exercising you need to run faster you'll put something on if you need to just calm down um so Looking into a lot of that, I wanted to understand how do people use music. So there's a lot of science around like how it increases levels of dopamine and that kind of is associated with positive um, like mental uplift and stuff. So there's lots around that. There's also like steady beats will motivate you and that's why they're used kind of by armies and all of that stuff. So what we find though is the fact that a lot of people will use music differently. So for example, a song that I find uplifting or that relaxes me might have like no impact whatsoever on you, for example. Right. So what we try to do is understand the types of artists and things that people like and then curate music and recommendations from a range of different streaming services. Right now we've got a couple integrated and we'll hopefully have more and we'll present you with a few options that you can choose from. So that's what we try to do. Um, and try to get people to assess themselves how they're feeling mm -hmm. and then what type of music they think will help and then we'll, a bit like radio, present them with like a a range of tracks that we think could help so yeah. so yeah yeah and what's the response been like so it's been good we've had a few um features which is really nice of course yourselves which is amazing a couple of articles that have been written on us so like any app i think at the beginning it's it's getting the product right refining it getting it in front of people learning from that real-time data right. So it's been good. We've had a lot of support, uh, a lot of industry support, which is nice. So friends in the industry that are really backing it and artists and stuff. So I'm excited to shout about it a little bit more mm -hmm. um, and get more people using it. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been good so far. And do you find that over lockdown, I mean, the whole past year, this episode is all about mental well-being and we've all gone through a pandemic. We've all gone through lockdown after lockdown. So has your algorithms changed or your choice of music changed in any way? Yeah, so we, we launched this in December so the reason I wanted to do it was sort of it's always been something I've been passionate about and I've been researching music and its effects for the last couple of years um, and then just felt like with lockdowns we already know I think it's about one in four people in the UK will experience a mental health condition in at some point during their lifetime we know the pandemic has made it worse like more people suffering with it I think everyone's come to realize its importance and how you manage that so we quickly rushed to get it done we launched it in December and we're um Still, still learning, still learning about how you know to get it right for people, I guess, and match that music. But it's it's kind of, I mean, it's getting there. I think. Well, hopefully, as we get more users and stuff, we'll be able to learn. Like the dream would be to see 
across our user base, what are the top songs? You know, mm -hmm. is it like Beyonce? Is uh, which ones work for everyone? Which ones are more niche? So as we get more user data, that'll be exciting for us to be able to do more with. Yeah. Okay. So I've got three songs here with three different headings. I, I love knowing what people listen to depending on their mood. So under calming. So when you're when you're trying to calm out or just you know at the end of a long day, what's your go-to track? So for calming, I would say. Um, Khalid's better like I just love it like it just yeah. totally just chills me out um, and it just really brings my I guess nervous energies and stuff down so I love mm. that song yeah Khalid listeners we've got all you, we've got you in the bag for uplifting what have you gone with so always go to Beyonce I actually go to the Beyonce for absolutely everything you. <laughs> <laughs> no I, go, I would put Beyonce down for every single track but I had to like yeah, diversify <laughs> but um, no no it's my go-to so I'd say um, Beyonce Freedom so mm -hmm. it's like just gets me super hype whether I'm wanting to like exercise or just get in the zone for a meeting or whatever like that's my go-to track yeah nice and energizing what are you doing to get into the mood to just yeah move around so yeah I'm trying to be I'm trying to be more relevant these days with my music <laughs> choices so um Justin Bieber's uh Peaches I really like that it's kind of like a fun listen this song bangs yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good. So I'm enjoying that. Um, and my, my music tastes are quite sort of global. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that this song seems to have also kind of a global sound to it as well. Yeah. So. How does the technology end of it work? How does the technology detect how I'm feeling? I, I always find myself to be separate from my Google Home, from my Alexa. But how did the technology end, you know, really pick up my mood? Yeah, so that's really interesting. It's, I guess, what I'd love us to be is like the Fitbit or something for the mind, you know. Yeah, but nice. it's hard. it's hard to do that because you can't like put on his senses where you yeah. could but we don't really want to go that far but um <laughs> for us it's almost people checking in so we'll ask we'll have like push notifications hey how are you feeling right now so it's it's on the on the person to kind of reflect and take yeah. that time and tell us and then we can serve them up with a song that matches that mood or how they're hoping to feel so it's not i think the technology sadly with the mind we can't we can't get it maybe as close as we would want to uh, but hopefully we give the user some agency to think about their mood and then we can kind of help them from there yeah so. what I love there is that we're encouraging people to slow down and I think that is something that has to stay from the lockdowns from the pandemic I know I was living at 100 miles per hour so the fact that yeah I get to slow down and reflect on how I feel and then get a music choice on the back end of that as well is huge Sanya thank you so much for your time we wish you all the best how can we find you how can we get involved thank you so much um, yeah so we uh, have a website it's happyhighlightsapp.com where you can go you can learn a bit more about it and you can download uh, the app from there so there'll be more coming us from us in the next couple of weeks we've got some exciting updates coming and stuff so yeah keep an eye out and we're on social media as well you can you can find that from the website so thank you so much it's been great being on with you thank you sanya there happy highlights how amazing that technology detects your mood Do you know what i mean it makes a whole like playlist for you it's was on kiss live coming up to 10 p.m very soon quarter to 10 and on the line with me now normally i'm on radio i introduce his music now I get to introduce the man behind the plan. I have a whole majestic on Kiss Life. Madge, what's going on? Yo, good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How's it going? Well, good. You get Sunday evening, me. It's a bit more chilled than it Friday. Is. Friday night type. It is a <laughs> bit more chilled, but I love it. We've been talking to so many of our Kiss family all throughout tonight. Um, tonight's episode is all about mental well-being and people's stories. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you are such a champion when it comes to this conversation. So we know you from your music. We know you from the vibes. But when it comes to your story about the mental health journey, where does it start for you? It all starts for me about 10 years ago um, when... I met a guy called Eddie Temple Morris, who's an incredible 
broadcaster and presenter. And he was working with a charity that was very new at the time called Calm, a mm-hmm. uh, campaign against living miserably. And he got me in to, to do some like DJ in a top shop. They did a takeover at top shop. And we had a chat because I was touring with him. I was playing with him in Greece. And we started talking about mental health stuff and our own personal journeys. And a lot of stuff he was telling me about resonated. And the fact that suicide was the biggest killer between men of the ages between 15 and 45 Mm. was something I was just so shocked at. But then as we processed and went through the conversation more and more, and I'd kind of admitted to Eddie that, you know, I'd had suicidal thoughts before and I'd been in a place where I didn't want to be here anymore. He got me even more involved. And yeah, then I became an ambassador for Calm. So I was working with them. We'd done some stuff with Calm. I'd done a lot of radio stuff and we'd done a lot of sort of fundraisers and charities and a lot of speaking out. And, you know, fast forward 10 years plus, like the conversations have become a lot more open now. Yeah. Unfortunately, the situation still remains the same in terms of the numbers, mm. but the conversations have opened up a lot more, which is a very important thing. Yeah. So for my own personal journey, like when I got to a point of understanding what it was that I was feeling, and after seeking professional help, um, you know, doctors and, and speaking to professionals, then I could start understanding and, and work on my own journey. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it was just like that, that first conversation with Eddie Temple Morris really opened up my mind. Mm. Shouts to Eddie, man. Do you know what I mean? It takes one person to ask the right yeah, questions. Definitely. Do you know? As, as and just for you and your journey and going along that journey with you, has it sparked conversations with your other male friends? And now that's become more more regular for your group. One hundred percent. The thing is, like for me, the way I liken it is, this is something that you know, my own personal mental health struggles is, is depression. Mm-hmm. That's something that I have cycles of and I suffer with. And once upon a time, I could be in the cycle for months on end, like rather than weeks. Um, and I just feel like now from talking about it and processing it with my friends, and, and, and especially like some of my best mates who I've known since I was like four, one of my best mates, James, is someone I speak to like an hour on the phone for if I'm ever going through that kind of place. Mm-hmm. And I really sort of understand things a lot better and he helps me rationalize my thoughts right if that makes sense yeah because the thing is anyone who's listening to us right now is everybody's journey and everybody's issues are different because we all live a different reality and what i often found myself doing was ignoring it by going oh what are you talking about you're an idiot sort yourself out look at you which made the situation worse right of course you know what i'm saying yeah And the thing is, on my own personal journey, I've gone through life at a point in my life. And again, because you're doing such a wonderful thing, thing is, was like, I'm I'm happy to be open and honest about it all. You know, I went from being literally homeless in 2010, 11. Like, I I couldn't afford to live in my flat. I had nowhere to go. And I felt how I felt then. And I've then also had money in the bank and been successful and still felt the same way. Right. So a lot of the time when people talk out, they might rubbish someone's feelings. Like, for example, Meghan Markle, yeah? When she spoke out about how she felt mm-hmm. during that time when she was at the palace and all that, people are like, you're a princess, you can't feel like that. Mm. Everybody goes through this thing mm-hmm. in terms of their own journeys. And that's what I wanted to pick up with you because you're such a... 
you know, on like you're just such an energy ball. Do you know what I mean? And you see like a Mega <laughs> Marco, you see someone, and, and from the outside, it looks like you're calm. Do you know what I mean? It looks like yeah, yeah. You, you you're fine. So, what advice would you give to someone who may have a friend who always looks strong, always look like you know they're the strong one in the group chat, but you just never know what's behind that surface. And so, what advice would you give to someone who may be feeling like I don't know how quite to reach out to that friend because they look like they've got it all together. Yeah, that's a great question, Swaz. And, you know, I heard you mention before about how, you know, yourself, you might withdraw a bit from your normal social groups mm-hmm. and things like that when you start getting into a place where you feel like you need to re-energise. It's things like that. And asking the question twice is what I always say to people. It's like, you know, when you say to your mate, you're right, mate, and they're like, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> but no, be like, no, are you all right? Yeah, you know? the follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My own, my own friends do it to me all the time now. And they're like, you know, uh, you don't seem yourself. Are you sure you're all right? And I'll be like, I'm all right. I'm just in that place at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. my wife, she understands when I'm like that, you know? And what I tend to do now is I have like coping mechanisms that helps me get past how I'm feeling quicker than it did once upon a time. Yeah. And those things are stuff like going for walks, doing exercise, you know? Mm-hmm. The physical element is so parallel to the mental element. Yeah. And, you know... For someone like myself, who's put a lot of weight on over the years, and I've lost quite a fair bit since like lockdown and that, I understand now more than ever how parallel my physical well-being was to my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is the one positive thing, and we always look for the positives in life um, that has come out of this whole lockdown situation is going, right, self-care and time for me is very important. As you mentioned before yourself, always 100 miles an hour. Now you know you need to have time. Slow to down. Bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Slow because down. You can't be 100 miles an hour all the time. Mm. And, and the other thing that I felt, Swaz, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you've been in a situation where you felt like that before, because, again, you're someone that's got great energy and you're vibesy that you almost feel like people expect you to be in that place all, all the, the time. All the time, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you're, and when you're not in that place and you just need a little bit of you time or a little bit of downtime, you kind of just need to reset yourself. It's like it's like a phone. You need to recharge. Yeah. You know. Ten percent battery <laughs> left. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't. No one wants to be on that one percent. You can't scroll through nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Madge, thank you so much for your time. You know, the gems no you have fun. dropped. Yeah, we need to do this again. I'll be calling you soon. <laughs> Madge, thanks so much for your time and just sit there talking to us all things on mental well-being. And he and he actually referenced something back. I think it was either Funk Butcher or maybe it was Alex that said, you know, you have to take time out for yourself. And that is so, 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 so key. Um, you're listening to Kiss Life. And my last guest of the evening um, is someone from the, the place we've been shouting about all evening long. Welcome to the show, Carrie Ann from Shout. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? How are you doing? You okay? I'm not bad, thank you. Not bad. Oh, I'm so glad to have you on. We just wanted to have some of your time because we've been talking about how important it is to talk. And so talk to us a little bit about Shout and the work that you do. Sure. Uh, so thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so Shout is a really interesting service, actually, and I am so proud of it. Um, it's a quite fundamentally crisis or, or talking service. So anyone can access it as long as they have a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it is completely free to contact and you contact us via text message only. So the, I suppose the beauty of the service is how discreet it is. 
um, because you can send a text message anywhere, right? So um, anyone can contact us. We're there 24-7 mm-hmm. every day of the year. That's amazing. And you have to just text 85258, right? Yep, that's it. You just text 85258 and you just text the word shout um, and then you're placed in a queue. Uh, a volunteer takes the conversation in real time and you're just having a real time conversation. Yeah. And you guys have such incredible links and people um, to talk to those who text in, whether you're struggling with anxiety or stress or depression, even suicidal thoughts is open to everyone. Um, and so what advice would you mm-hmm. give to someone who's like, I want to get involved, I want to text, but is my problem too small, too big? You know, how would you encourage someone to just send that text? Absolutely. It's a really good question, actually. And sometimes we get messages from people who say exactly that. You know, I don't know if I'm worthy of of the time. I don't mm. know if I should be reaching out. But um, quite often as well with younger people, we see we see a lot of people comparing their situations to others. And actually, everyone's problem is so unique and everyone's issues are so unique that it's so important just to kind of put that feeler out and and send that message and just say actually you know I am struggling with something um without feeling like you have to measure it against someone else's problems yeah and my last question Mm -hmm. I guess would be I mean you've been you've been at the front and center of everything given this conversation over lockdown and the (laughs) pandemic you really have so we really have yeah for anyone who's thinking oh it can't just be me it's true isn't it that everyone has gone through a similar year in the sense that we've all lived through a pandemic and a lockdown um and so I guess that has the stories been coming in as as normal or, or do you find that there's been a change over the last year there's definitely been a change. I think um, th- there's so much anxiety and stress. And mm. I think people are lonelier than ever, um, which is why talking is so important. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, there's there's a lot of kind of new things that, that people have experienced for the first time and we've all experienced it together. So mm. actually, if you're feeling something, chances are the person sitting next to you is feeling the same. They just may be not saying it. Yeah. And and this is this is kind of our emphasis at Shout is that actually no no problem is too small, really. Exactly. Um, if you're feeling it, then say it. Thanks for listening to Kiss Life. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe and I'll catch you next week. Bye.